Welcome to the Holy Maneuver Podcast. I'm Mark. And I'm Mike. We're two hardworking dads trying to immerse ourselves into Star Wars and fit it into our very busy lives. This is your first time listening and or watching. In this sometimes short form Star Wars podcast, we'll share our thoughts on different topics from a galaxy far, far away. Hey, how do you unlock doors on Kashyyyk? Like this? <laughs> With a woo key. Wah, wah. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, so welcome, <laughs> welcome to another episode of the Hold the Maneuver podcast. Uh, this is episode twenty-six. Uh, and joining us this week is Collins. How are you doing? Hello, Collins. Thank you for coming. Hi, Justin. Thank you so much for having me on. This is awesome. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah. A little bit nervous too, but <laughs> it's all good. Uh, I appropriately enough met collins for the first time in person at a mandalorian yep. uh trivia contest so i figured, figured why not yep. yeah i i unfortunately won a cara dune pop figure at that contest but oh oh that's right yeah yeah so <laughs> i remember it wasn't, that, the that character wasn't cara really dune a... is pretty cool unfortunately the actress yeah. went the other way yeah <laughs> but yeah uh <laughs> So this week we're going to be talking about the sixth episode of Andor, which is called The Eye. Um, but before we get into our discussion about this week's episode, uh, we'll first do our segment we kind of started recently called I'm Your Father, uh, in which we kind of share, I guess, like whether we're dads to uh, four-legged animals or to two-legged animals, whatever it may be. Uh, it could this be a four-legged that animal that only has two legs. You never know. Or it could be, or it could be a three-legged animal. We don't know. True. Could be five legs. Maybe eight no legs. Legged, maybe maybe an octopus. Yeah. <laughs> no legs. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a snake. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, uh, Collins, uh, did you have any stories of anything that you'd want to share from the past week? Oh, sure. So actually, so I am, I love both cats and dogs, but I am a cat person, I guess mostly. And one of the things I, and I have one cat right now, his name is Rollo. And I have a weird pattern with cats in that uh, they love to play, but they don't like to actually hunt. And Mm -hmm. the thing is, I don't know what my luck is. But uh, no matter how much I spray, I get some type of pest of vermin often in my house. So (laughs) <laughs> there have been times with, for example, with my previous cat when there'd be a scorpion in the house and I would sick my Sadie on the scorpion and she would just be like, yeah, I don't mm-hmm. want to do anything. So, but of course she'll hunt like actual toys and stuff. So, but I was proud of my Rolo this week because there was a cricket that came inside and crickets are so annoying because they make this noise. You don't know where they are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. You hear um, them. Though. You hear them. You hear them. Yeah. Um, but uh and at first my role was seemed very indifferent because he has a very temperamental nature he'll be i mean i think a lot of cats do this right where they're just relaxing and laying in the sun one moment and then they're zooming all around the house this the next moment and i'm like with the with the uh crickets like are you going to do anything and you just like laying on the couch looking at me and then two seconds later i just hear him zoom somewhere and then he starts uh batting uh he, i see him batting something i'm like what do you have there 
and it's it's a cricket. He had killed the cricket, was just like kind of batting it around. <laughs> it's a small thing, but I was really proud of him. Always good. Yeah, I grew up with cats. One, it's always funny because the cats we had, one would catch mice all the time. The other one couldn't catch a cold. I was like, what is the difference here? Like, you're the same species. Like, why can't you do anything that this one can do? Exactly. Never got that. Yeah. How about you, Mike? What happened this week for you? Didn't happen. I didn't have much new this week, but I was just reminded when I was doing bedtime uh, because my daughter has a Grogu blanket. Mm -hmm. And... um, I've never let her, she hasn't watched Star Wars. She knows nothing about Star Wars. I'm, I haven't, I'm not going to force it upon her. I want her to discover Star Wars naturally. I feel that make her be, a better fan than if I'm like, you're going to watch this because it's mm-hmm. great. But we went to Target and we're just walking around and she runs up, grabs the Yoda blanket, the Grogu blanket, throws it in the cart, grabs a shirt, throws it in the cart. I'm like, this is a great moment. <laughs> no, don't know anything about him, but just drawn to that. That is great. Still laugh about that. Well, I I guess uh, that shows how well the the marketing works of (laughs) of Grogu. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Even though the show is called The Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I also have a theory with that, too, is that with, like, how the story's progressed so far on that show is that eventually Grogu is going to be, like, a Mandalorian as well. Yep. And have, like, his Mm -hmm. his own his own armor and, and whatnot, which there's already been tons of fan art. If you like, search, like Google Grogu Mandalorian armor, you can find like d- different ideas of what people have thought. It's basically what uh, Din Djarin's wearing, but with the pointy ears sticking out of the side of the, the helmet. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, and the story that, that you told Collins about, about your, your cat is reminded me of, uh, kind of be, we, t- we were all talking about it before we started recording was my my puppy Sylvie um, just getting into all kinds of junk uh, but she's like a little sociopath with <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah grasshopper she'll like she'll like pick them up and like yeah I don't know if you just heard her snort um, but <laughs> she'll like pick them up and like toss them in the air and then like watch them and then grab them by their legs and then throw them up again and then bat at them like they'd be like come on mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. come at me but like, it's like if it's like if you were a human you'd probably be committed for for <laughs> like being that kind of like a sociopath like like just torturing the, the cricket you're not like even eating it you're just kind of like sort of chomping on it and then you're like all right <laughs> I don't know. So half the time, like when she's watching rabbits out of the window, I'm like, you're cute watching them right now. Right. But part of me just wonders like how much of your innocence would be broken in my head if you actually mm. got outside and, and got one of those rabbits. Exactly. But yeah, she she's funny when she's not trying to eat, you know, uh, issues and lick the shower drain. So... <laughs> But segueing from those stories into uh, rumors that have been kind of floating around for Star Wars news this week, this one kind of is a little bit connected to like our whole 
and or Rogue One uh, theming in that uh, Lars Mikkelsen has been rumored to be playing Thrawn in live action in the Ahsoka series. Which, now, if uh, if anybody watched Rebels, he also was the voice of Grand Admiral Thrawn yeah. in the show, too. So let's, let this would be like another case kind of um, like with uh, gosh, her name is completely escaping. Uh, what the heck's her name? Talking about oh. Ahsoka? No, not Ahsoka. No. Uh, Sabine? Um, no, not, not Sabine. Uh, my gosh. Oh, Katie Sackoff. Oh, yeah, yes. Yeah. Where played the the voice of the character now just playing the right. live action version of it. So, and then this connection here is that Mads Mikkelsen played his brother played Galen Urso, Gene Urso's dad, in Rogue One. Um, so it'd be interesting to get another Mickelson uh, in live action in the in the Star Wars universe. So this would be interesting if this like ends up being this rumor ends up being true, and he does show up in the Ahsoka series. Because um, we've kind of talked about this before, but this would basically mean essentially every kind of major character, more or less, from Star Wars Rebels will be showing up in live action in Ahsoka. So the, the only one we haven't heard about yet would be Zeb. And I'd, mm-hmm. I'd still be super curious to see how they would do Zeb in live action for that show. Uh, that would be pretty interesting to see how they would do that. Like, I'd wonder if it'd be like a practical, like, like alien effect or if they'd try to do it CG. But I'd be very curious to, to see if Zeb shows up in that show too be pretty interesting yes it would be interesting and i would like to see him done practically i mean i'd be i guess fine either way but i mean a practical is i think would be really cool actually yeah but uh hopefully the, the rumor is true i i like this casting just because i mean that that way sometimes i guess like the the voice actor to live action actor uh fits better i guess than in other cases mm-hmm. um, but that is kind of interesting how how they will cast or choose that depending on the character and whatnot. Like you know, like Rosario Dawson's playing Ahsoka, but it's not like Ashley Eckstein who did mm-hmm. the voice in the series. So uh, mm-hmm. I know, like you haven't seen Rebels, Mike. Do you have any thoughts on that though, on that though at all? I mean, I always like when the actors and the voice actors are the same person. So that's always a plus in my book. Gives a continuity yeah. to it. Uh, yeah, I agree. I didn't uh, realize that he was Mad's brother. Oh yeah, never put two and two together until just now. So yeah, but yeah, he's, I, and he's I'm all he's for pretty it. good as Thrawn too. So Rebels is on my list to watch. So yeah, we we Gotta might have to there. do we might have to do some uh, like retro viewing of it for some episodes mm-hmm. of Holdo at, just before Ahsoka comes out. So. But definitely looking forward to that series when it comes out sometime next year. But before we get into our main review this week, our our buddy Vactor has sent in a video uh, recording of his review for it. Uh, So with that, we will segue to him. Ooh, this is the second of the two story arcs that we've gotten so far. And I got to say... 
the third episodes, the ending of these arcs has been fantastic both times. Episode three and now episode six. I'm on board. This is one of my favorite Star Wars shows of all time, and I'm very much liking what they're doing. I think watching him in chunks of three is probably the best way to do it, but this this finale of this arc had everything that I was hoping for, all of the action, the tense drama, like I was holding on to the edges of my seat and being like, oh man, what's going to happen next? And then the way that it sets up the rebellion and everything that's happening, very much chef's kiss. I got to say, I loved this episode of Andor. All right, let's get back to the hold on maneuvers. All right, and with that star wipe and Wayne's World wipe. Before we keep know. going, though, I need to give a shout out to Kevin Ham. Oh, yes. Over at Wheeling Prodigy, Prodigy Productions left us a highly positive review. Uh, he's not even a Star Wars guy and he watches our show. So there's no excuse not to like our show. Yeah. And it's it's pretty long, so we won't read it on the show. But uh, thank you, Kevin, for taking the time to leave the five star review. We really appreciate it. Uh, and with that, now let's get into our five-star review to not bury the lead of episode six of the, I was going to call it the whole maneuver of, <laughs> of, of Andor. Uh, now, before we kind of like get into like the bits by bits of this, we can do like a, like a round robin of, I guess, what was the, what were the highlights of the episode for you? What did you like the most? Uh, and what do you think is going to come next on the show? So we'll start with you, Collins, and then go to, to Micah, and I'll wrap it up from there. Um, well, I don't know where to begin because I absolutely <laughs> adored this episode. Um, but I got to say, for me, I think the most striking thing was the the just the visual impact of them doing the heist in the middle of this eye and in the middle of this religious ceremony i thought the imagery was just so striking and also thematically it was very i thought very just on point um so i yeah so i mean but there's a lot i could say about this i am crestfallen that nimic died i was rooting Mm -hmm. for him so much he is one of my favorite characters to come so much for a long time Posthumously, uh, so, uh, spoiler alert for all those. Oh, people. yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, Anyone watching yeah. this has seen the episode. Okay. Okay. Cool. 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 Um, but yeah, the, uh, that's for me. I was the first time I watched this, I was just struck by how, how, how beautiful it was. And, and I think Andor in general is just a great looking show. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree that cinematography on the show is, is like, is fantastic. I don't I don't recall who the cinematographer is for the series so far, but it, it's been shot really, really beautifully. It it matches that same kind of um like the the way that they shot Rogue One as well too. Mm-hmm. So it's gotten kind of got that uh similarity to it, which I like as well. Uh, but yeah, like like you were saying, the that whole visual of the eye with like the what essentially looks like fireworks mm-hmm. mixed with like comet shooting overall at the same time uh looked fantastic and 
I had, I found a, like a 4k uh, screen grab of it that I was, I was thinking of like making some kind of uh, like cover photo for the, the podcast with, uh, but it just looks awesome. And I yeah, almost I did that for my background, but I didn't change oh, yeah. it. Oh yeah. I don't know. It, it's got kind of, it's, it's like, um, like a lot of the times you like want to be in the action of stuff that you see within Star Wars, but like within this, you'd almost want to be in the gr- ground, like watching that, that visual. So I thought that was pretty great. How about you, Mike? I visually was amazed. I'm disheartened. It wasn't on the big screen. IMAX would have probably been quite more, making it more impressive. I wasn't shocked at all the death for the characters mm. that we've met so far. Um, I kind of predicted the double cross that happened, which ruined it a little for me because I hate when you're able to predict what's going to happen. A little disheartening. It's that predictable. Um, I was just like the parallel between just like our history in this country versus what's going on in Andor. Mm-hmm. It's just like kind of... I don't know what the, the word. It's just like this parallel that I keep seeing, mm-hmm. and it's interesting that it lines up that well. Um, yeah, I'm just where I think it's going to go. I don't really know now because this was like the conclusion of the arc of the three episodes. Right. Obviously, right. they got to get off that planet. Uh, Cassian does, so it'll be interesting to see how that goes down. Right. I don't think um, Vel knows how to fly. So how's she going to get off that planet? Mm-hmm. Can't imagine oh, they'll yeah. be too, too keen on broadcasting out a distress signal to Luthen. So. Yeah, it should be interesting. Um, yeah, like where this, so like where like this episode picks up to like it, it like pretty much starts like where we ended in the last episode and we more or less stay with this crew like the entire episode because we don't see like Mon Mothmar or like Luthen uh, until like pretty much to the very end of the episode and we're kind of seeing the after effects of what this heist did with with those two and how they're affected by it like we see like a basically what looks like a all, all things must go like going out of business like uh, uh, Senate basically there's like it seems like five people in there with Mon Mothma people just like walking out like her midst her speech about the Gamorans um, which we know like we know eventually like where that goes with, with her on Rebels as well too so and then we haven't seen Saw yet so I'm wondering if like maybe like this next uh, bat three batches of episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that'll be kind of like a story with him and like where that goes there too. Uh, we also know that uh, Cassian was looking for his sister at one point, still earlier in oh, the season right. two. That's how it started. That's yeah. yeah. And now we're and like halfway <laughs> through the season two. Yeah. Um, and then now that we have like the Empire occupied. Um, planet that he left as well too so he, maybe he'll go back there to try to help out his adoptive mother uh, and then we we didn't even see uh, Cyril at all in this episode too so we still have like, all these to. like little <laughs> mm-hmm. he was, he, Cyril was eating cereal yeah. yep, yeah, that's what he was doing 
but yeah, we still have a bunch of these like hanging threads. It'll be interesting to see like what the ISB does in like maybe in retaliation of this. Uh, but I liked like the whole the tension that we got like this whole episode. Oh yes. from basically at the very beginning mm-hmm. up through all the way through the heist. Uh, and I I like that it didn't do what a, like a lot of heist like episodes of TV shows or like heist films will do where like they're it it's good if it's like done in the right way but I also like when they don't show you like the plan as they're speaking of the plan oh and yeah then like oh that's oh, yeah. that's actually oh that's actually, eleven style mm-hmm. you yeah, going like, through the exit here right yeah <laughs> and then you find out like oh they were doing it as they were explaining it on yeah. <laughs> um, so I like that we didn't we got got like generalities of what mm. they were doing with this heist, but we didn't know like you know like the key matches to it. So like when something was going wrong, we didn't actually know that right away. Right. Uh, and then what's what's the the character's name? Like the one that Luthen was talking to when he dropped off Cassian on the planet. Vel. Vel. The blonde. Okay. The blonde haired yeah. one. Yeah. There's there's so many new characters on this. It's hard to yeah, keep like, track of. Um. Especially when they're not like they're like like you know Star Wars names, and mm. they're not like you know like Bob or whatever. Right. Uh, we got Clem. But, yeah, <laughs> there's a Clem. There's a Clem. Yeah, but yeah, like when she kind of started uh, like tensing up in a little bit, and you thought maybe like she was going to be too nervous to go through with the rest of the heist, and then Cinta uh, basically was like, "No, let's do this," and like and then Hmm. went away so like some of the things like i we have here in our uh like that we wanted to highlight i remember i saw like this new story uh after i read or after i watched the episode yesterday was that uh along with uh the some swearing like actual uh earth swearing being Mm -hmm. in a galaxy far far away now we've we had someone taking a pee for the first time right in star wars and i thought it was funny that a website even like wrote an article about that which is kind of i think it's kind of funny um so i guess maybe they they needed to hit like a certain metric of whatever well, yeah it's, for that. It, it'll definitely uh increase your clicks the way they yeah. if it's phrased the way it's in the notes here but yeah. that that plus the swearing is just the added realism yeah, add, like to make it more tangible to you, the viewer or us, the viewer, it just yeah. makes it that much better. Yeah, I'd agree with that. It definitely, and then just like with the way, like we've already been saying, with like the way like it's been shot and stuff like that, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. just makes it feel a little bit more gritty and uh, real in a way. Uh, what I thought was also interesting in this too is like you can just uh, similar to like how. Cassian had said, like, I think in the premiere was like, or I think it may have been the third episode. Th- that was first three episodes kind of like blended together since we got them all at the same time. Was uh, the Empire just like, the, like they're, they're so, so lazy and fat. Um, mm-hmm. And then, like, the, the straight up, like, visually show <laughs> a lazy fat um, guy. <laughs> yeah. Like, the <laughs> Bihaz, I think was his name. Like, he, I didn't and, like, catch he his didn't, name. like, he didn't even realize he had gained. Uh, oh so yeah. Much, yeah so much weight like he was <laughs> maybe like, you've expanded up. that was a good line yeah <laughs> yeah I was like, yeah that's that's one way to put it i guess um but 
like him and uh, like the other uh, Imperials that were based on that planet and like he has his family there with him but like they're like just how like they're essentially like talking down like about like essentially what would be considered I guess aboriginals or natives yeah. to right. to the planet of Aldani uh, which I thought yeah like they're all just like we put yurts up we have beer over here for them they just get distracted so easily that they give up and just yeah. like the general, they're less than attitude. At the I think this character from had. the very beginning, with, with that whole speech about the indigenous people of Albani, I, mm-hmm. I just had contemporary him almost right away. Yeah, and was it, I'm trying to remember the character's name again because there's the, uh, the uh, like the one that was with the Imperials, um, the one who was like was, in the Inside Man. Yeah, I don't. Isn't that a Gorin? Gorin? Okay, yeah, uh, yeah. Because he had had Lieutenant Gorin. Yeah, I, I, I yeah. Because we had known that he had had uh, seemed like a a past relationship with. They said his uh, wife or girlfriend was Eldani or something like that. Yeah, uh, oh, so like okay, yeah. you could tell like how how much that was kind of you know like off putting to him like with <laughs> all of that as well too. So I thought that was kind of interesting how that was going with the whole stuff. And I, I liked the kind of uh, interaction they had later on um, where he's like, he's like, you'll, you'll hang for this. He's I've like, done working. Yeah. Working like, working, yeah I've done, done worse for you working for you for the past great seven years. Such a great so, life. And then what sucks is like, uh, like he gets killed. Like, yeah, Gorn like got random... killed. Yeah, yeah, he got he got. I shot. missed that. I saw. I didn't see that. Yeah, and then uh, Terum, who was also a former stormtrooper, uh, again he... another former stormtrooper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's stories uh, he... to be had there. He also gets shot too. So I was like, yeah. yeah. And like, what's kind of interesting when they do this in shows too is like when they do it very unceremoniously, mm-hmm. where it's just like. That person, like almost like in real life, where it's like, oh, that person shot, and like they're just not. There's no like lingering, like camera angle on them, mm-hmm. like no music. I'm like that. No, anything. that it's, Tim like, guy action keeps from the first up uh, three episodes. He got like a lingering shot. Oh yeah, which was strange because he was like just like this uh, Bizon or whatever his name is. Like, okay. he, he was just a character almost... like a Bihaz. He's like, you want them? Just like, just die already. Just get exactly. away from me. <laughs> I almost think that whole shot and how that was done was more for Bix. Uh, yeah, I think there's more to it with the Vix side of it. You're right. Yeah, because we'll, I I think we're gonna go back to that planet. I I feel like, and we'll probably see more with them. But I feel like Bix is gonna blame Cassian. That's my stance. And there's gonna be. Uh, speaking of the, the Bihas, do too. I thought it was. I mean, it's not funny. It's like darkly funny that, um, again, because he had gotten so big from being there and getting so kind of lazy that mm-hmm. he he dies of a, like essentially a heart, it seemed like a heart attack. Yeah. He's <laughs> yeah. Like, ripping his arm. And... <laughs> yep. Yeah. Like, and I, I feel like that's the first time we've, we, I mean, we've kind of said some of this stuff, but it's like, that's the first time we've seen like a heart attack in Star Wars. Yeah. So, like, that's the first time we've seen some kind of like die of, I guess natural causes outside of like Yoda 
being just being old and like <laughs> fading right. into the, the forest. But uh, I thought that was interesting. Was Leia shot? Like, uh, or did you... or no? She, yeah, she was kind of natural. Well, I guess I should phrase it first. Like <laughs> non-force user, we've seen <laughs> die on screen of a some other kind of scene that's not like a stormtrooper shot or whatever else or being burned alive like owen and baru that too <laughs> uh, yeah but yeah like and the other thing like with that too is that you're like oh crap like with them having to move the credits mm. I, th- I think we thought like initially like they all those credits were going to be in Loaded. that like trans that transport that's why like they needed that whole crew down there was because mm. they needed them to move all of that they didn't even move all of it and they still got like the 80 million credits or whatever it the was. thing i didn't like about that scene was like people just like grabbing the things and throwing them like their pillows like these are supposed to be gold bars in these tubes right and they're supposed to be so heavy that this guy has a heart attack while he's running around but and they kill nimic with them but people can just grab them and just like throw them. Yeah, know. those are those are the super soldier uh, storm. Uh, like, they're, they're just like right. those yeah. are the ones that that work out. <laughs> the ones that, that run up and down the steps all day and don't sit around with their their family eating a bunch of stuff, I guess. Uh, but yeah, I might put a note on here. Where it was like it was always good to see a generic Tie Fighter pilot <laughs> number two make appearance. And they always have one extra TIE fighter pilot. They just keep showing. <laughs> you don't no yeah. name, no face, just generic TIE fighter pilot. I liked that whole sequence though, too. That was, that was very cool. It's something that we don't see a lot, like with how it had them like running to the TIE fighters to mm-hmm. get into them. And like, it was like this different way of loading into the TIE fighters too. Cause we've seen that a few different ways, but like, this was the one where like they're hanging overhead and then they like jump into it. So I thought that was done really well. Um, yeah totally enjoy watching the tie fighters take off and i don't know why it's just the way they do it just how they're just like in the death star they like or the other they slide down and then go yes mm-hmm. they're hanging above right this interesting oh, and you had you had pointed out to me something that <laughs> you had heard here i didn't have time to watch it like i made time. a clip of it but it wouldn't process in premiere for me to play in this um, at like the 37 minute mark when the TIE fighters are going through the eye and they blow up, you can hear what I believe is the Han Solo like yeehaw from episode four as they're getting blown oh, up. Oh, really? It's right around like hmm. 37 minutes. Like I wish the clip would work because I could play it and it'd go through fine, but it just Premiere keeps bombing out when I try to but process it. It doesn't want anybody to know. It's yeah. like no, I gotta keep, you think keep it would have been pointed out secret. somewhere else other than me, so that's probably wrong, but I, uh, it's distinct yelling when the thing's blowing up. I'll have to check out the the Screen Crush and uh, New Rockstars videos to, to see if they, if they noticed it, too. Because I feel like if they noticed it and you noticed it, then yeah. it definitely, <laughs> that definitely was in there. Yeah. Because uh, the first one blows up and then they're going... And then they show the other one getting pelted with the rocks and whatnot. And they cut to generic TIE fighter pilot number two. And as it blows up, you hear, you hear it. Interesting. I'm not crazy. I am though, but 
<laughs> That'd be a cool audio Easter egg. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, like, because I feel like they've almost retired the Wilhelm scream. Because we haven't heard <laughs> it that. It could be that, while. too. Yeah. yeah, maybe. Um, But the, the other thing that I remember in this, too, is like when they hand over the, the pelt to the Aldani chief, mm-hmm. uh, and there's the translation there, and uh, Gorman translates, but he doesn't actually translate what the chief yeah. said. Right. I forget and, what the chief the, said, but it was insulting. Yeah, and, <laughs> and then the chief like looks at him. He's like, "Wait, what? No, I didn't. I didn't say that. I didn't say something nice like that." <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so like I thought, yeah, like I don't know if that's if that was just like something for this episode or maybe something they'll come back to. But I thought that was kind of interesting to show that like they like the empire takes it. Um, take it so much takes this uh, like the natives so much for granted and mm. everything that they want to even suspect that maybe that the natives there learned um, basic um, right so that they would all, yeah so that they would also know what, what they were saying to them right was this but, the first time they used subtitles in this series uh, no they used them in some of those first three episodes as well, I, I believe. Because I know that with the children, when they were t- talking, they didn't do oh, it. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. But I just don't remember any other times where subtitles would have came in. Speaking of the children's stuff, too, I think I think there's still going to be more flashbacks for that that we haven't seen yet. Because I remember that there, I mean, unless it just got cut out, there's that shot in one of the trailers where you, like, you can see the Star Destroyer overhead. No, that's right. We haven't, yeah. we haven't we haven't seen that yet, so I, I'm not sure if that maybe maybe it just it did get cut out, or maybe we'll still see that somewhere in here. But I think they got to use it somewhere because that was like one of the first shots of the trailer. It seems like or like one of the first major shots. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, sometimes like when they edit these trailers, like half the stuff's not done yet, and True. so they're just editing off based off what they have. So, I mean, putting it out there to increase your. Uh anticipation yeah case in point uh like avengers infinity war that running towards the the screenshot that was in the movie that is very <laughs> true yeah there's always trailers like i i forgot i found some website that was like this is a trailer this never happened this never happened this never happened <laughs> just kept pointing rogue, out everything the rogue one trailer has all that stuff from like the original version of the ending of the movie that like the like shot with Jin with the Tie Fighter coming up right to her too. So there's mm. I don't know, I don't but know. true. It, it would kind of bum me out if that shot's not in the in the show because that's a that's a cool shot, right? <laughs> but I mean, I I guess if anything, it's it's still in the trailer, so we still have it there. Um, but could have just been made for the trailer. You never know. Yeah, uh, one of the things we noticed too is that like Santa gets left behind after like as everybody else um, leaves. And they make a point of showing her still there on the planet. So, like, we're like, remember that she's not dead. She's still there on that planet. Uh, she still has like her imperial like uniform on to kind of blend in there. So, I'm wondering if we'll come back to her at all at any point. Like, what that, like, what kind of situation she'll be in, uh, being left behind there. Because uh, they, they weren't supposed to leave the planet, I don't think. But they kind of did to go to yeah. that doctor. Yeah. Well, I, I know that they were meant to to go wherever Cassian was supposed to be right. flying 
that too. Uh, but no, like when they when they get to this definitely can't be this, this dude's actual name, uh, Doctor Quadpa. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it was cool Goro name. from Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yeah, like what happens if you uh, uh, mix? Um, that's wow. I'm I'm blanking on names tonight. Uh Lupito Nyongo. Oh, um Maz Kanata. Yeah, what happens if you mix uh Goro with Maz Kanata? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what you get right there. Cause Maz Kanata didn't have forearms, right? No, she just had those giant Yeah, she just had yeah. <laughs> So that's why I thought it like that it was supposed to be like the same like species of like alien. But I guess maybe it's not. Maybe it's just like the like an enhancement, kind of like we saw like in like the book of Boba Fett with like the mechs on that show. They had like the different like ear or like eye enhancement stuff. So maybe mm-hmm. that's because that dude's a doctor. Like the same way that like when you go to the dentist, they have like the right. You know, like yeah. Maybe that's what that's for with that dude. But I thought that was interesting, and I I thought that was cool how they they did that like puppeteering wise, which it seems like it. Seems like it's uh, like if you've watched two's line, is it anyway? Yeah, they put the arms like, around him. And... Yeah, like yeah, someone was just behind him doing this, and then there was the other arms up here doing that. Uh and that kind of went like against this like whole trope that you usually get like in TV twos. Like usually, if you get to the point where you're bringing the character to get fixed up by the doctor, they're like, okay, he's gonna be all right. Exactly. And exactly. And that's what oh. I was hoping. I was hoping in this case that trope would. <laughs> continue but yeah and that maybe you would just be like paralyzed right you know, from like the waist down and then you, like, but uh and then with the this too like they were like very insistent about uh, giving nemic's manifesto to andor yeah so what's so, in it like so he did mention yeah. how he wrote about um clem he didn't really know his middle name in mm-hmm. it and then at the yeah. end he's like he wanted you to have it so or is it going to be revealed what was in it? Like curiosity. Yeah, I'm wondering if that ends up kind of sort of being like an um, an unofficial kind of guide to like the the Rebel Alliance, um, mm-hmm. possibly. But because I, c- I f- feel like at least like what he's like talking about with uh, Cassian earlier, like in the episode with like the like the whole thing about like the like the Emperor doesn't play by the rules and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And he's, and Cassian's like, they don't, they don't care about playing by the rules. They don't, they don't even, they don't even acknowledge that you like exist. Mm-hmm. So uh, I thought that would, it'd be cool to see more of like what was in that manifesto. Yeah. You know, not usually, usually a manifesto isn't. It's uh, usually a bad thing when it's mentioned. Yeah, it's in usually the connected to like, Whoever like, shooters, writes a manifesto bombers. is usually right. Yeah, like usually, bad. yeah, manifesto doesn't have that the best connotation. <laughs> yeah, I guess sometimes. Yeah, it's more like ten percent of the time it's good, ninety percent of the time it's bad. So, right. hopefully, Nemix is like that. You know, like the the ten percent rather than the the ninety percent. <laughs> you just like find out like how dark Nemix actually was. You're like, oh, I guess maybe, <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe it was good he got crushed by all the all those credits. <laughs> maybe it's maybe, maybe it's good that like he's he's gone and he wasn't around to go around. He was he'd be worse than, than the the emperor. Right, exactly. Yeah. Well, I do think that the manifesto. I mean, I'm guessing this is a prediction that maybe it'll 
come into play in terms of Andrew's character growth. Because, mm. um, yeah. I mean, he's in a certain spot right now where he doesn't really care about much, it seems like. But, uh, you know, Nimic as a... One of the reasons why I love his character is just, uh, just the way he philosophizes things and the way he... Um, we could self-reflect to kind of give uh, everyone, including the kind of awesome kind of um, uh, uh, as a audience, almost surrogate, almost a sense of perspective of what's of what's of what's going on. And again, the writing is so. I think the writing is really sharp on the show. I love um, one of my favorite lines is about uh, you know a surprise from above is less than a shock from below or something like that that right. he says yeah. in the previous episode so i, I just yeah i just uh really adore that character and i think hopefully he'll be able to live on in a way via this manifesto yeah yeah there'll be there's something coming from it because they wouldn't have made a point to show it uh, right. one thing i just thought about going back to how they're going to get off the planet my thought there was they can't use the nav system on the thing they flew right that's why they needed Nimic's manual thing. Right. Nobody knows yeah. how to use that. You basically had like a space version of like a sextant. Um, yeah. That's what it, that's what it looked like. Um, but yeah, because yeah, no, nobody can yeah, so nobody I, knows how to use that now. So how they like that just adds to my how are they going to get off this thing? I don't know. It's a good question. I guess those, I guess we'll we'll find out in episode seven. <laughs> but. Not um going off uh, some of the like the lines that you said too, Mike. You had you had put a note in about a line that yeah, Skeen line. had said. Did you did you want to say? I uh, know we were born in a hole and we'll climb over any, everyone else to get out. Kind of bond with Cassian to like get him to steal the money. It's just yeah, and that was a point of character growth for Cassian because mm-hmm. he probably did live that life, and yeah. then when he like. You just went through this shit with all these people. You watched people die, and you're over here being like, "Let's just peace out." <laughs> yeah, and like, like almost like how calculated like this entire thing was that like he didn't have a brother. He made up like this super yeah. elaborate story about like how his brother committed suicide by like filling up his like pants with like rocks and like walking into the water. Mm-hmm. I was like. Like, think about, like, how much he had to, like, come up with that story to that. And then, like, that almost shows a little bit more, like, why he was uh, so kind of suspicious of Cassian, too. Because, uh, like he was saying with Cassian there, he's like, we were both born in a hole and whatnot. So he's, like, the only other person that maybe could have found out, like, what he was trying to do there. So I thought that that was interesting. Um, and then like we've seen like we already knew like Cassian that like where he is like five years later from now like at the beginning of Rogue One he just like shoots that dude that's on the, his team with him but he's injured so he's like well bye so yeah. <laughs> bye yep it just shows kind of like how desensitized already Cassian is to mm-hmm. like all this like he, he did that in the the premiere the first guy was an accident Mm-hmm. Although he's got like a freaking powerful headbutt still, like if, <laughs> mm-hmm. I always laugh that, at that in movies. Unless you have people unless who he, get like the crap yeah. kicked out of them, and they just get up, and the one dude you like flick in the head, and oh, he's dead. You're like, oh, all right, well, <laughs> oops. Um, but yeah, because like already he's gotten the pretty good body count in this. I don't know. I don't know if you want to count the 
the TIE fighters that got taken out, like going through the eye, uh, just because he wasn't like personally like like taking them out. But between the the two dudes in the premiere, uh, now Skeen, and then later on we know uh, his other buddy, mm-hmm. uh, which I also predict is that like next season of Andor they're gonna make that that character like very oh, important, yeah. and, and yeah. you're gonna make you really care about them through the the 12 episodes mm-hmm. of season two of Andor mm-hmm. and you're like oh man I really like this guy. oh like oh wait I remember what happens at the beginning of Rogue <laughs> One right although at the same end of there too I think by the end of this series that's going to make the end of Rogue One even more powerful uh, with Cassian mm-hmm. as well too because you're going to remember all of this stuff that we've now like gone through and experienced yep. with him on the shows so it'll make Rogue One even better yeah, right. it already was at that point. Um, All these series have made everything better that they touch on. Yeah, Book of Boba yeah. Fett, notwithstanding, like that, it was good, but it like didn't enhance anything. Kind of dehanced Boba Fett, but yeah, I like, like, yeah, like you said, kind of like all of these shows have um, just add like another layer and uh, give everything a little bit more substance, like from the animated series like clone wars yeah uh, it gives it gives you more about like anakin and obi-wan's like oh, other than that and then that like even more with ahsoka and anakin in that too gives you like another angle on anakin's um kind of attachment and shows more of like why he would fall to like to the dark side too and then rebels that shows uh kind of what's going on in here in and or too but from like a slightly different angle and mm-hmm. i'm wondering if we'll get Andy, any kind of crossover in this show between Rebels and Andor? I know that's not kind of like what Tony Gilroy is all about, like with his stuff, but I feel like um, I know that we're getting Saw. Right. But I feel like if, if we get anybody, maybe we'll get like like Hera, Sandula, possibly. Um, I feel like that could be like maybe like one of like the connections, or 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 you'll just see like Chopper roll by in the background, mm-hmm. like sure. you did in Ro- like you did in Rogue One. Um, but with that too, we uh, we already kind of talked about it a little bit. But uh, Mon Mothma being kind of like ignored and like no one even like paying attention to what she she was saying in the Senate uh, shows a little bit more like that, like what we hear in the beginning of Episode Four, like where like the Senate has been finally like dissolved in that too. Mm-hmm. That we're we're about five years away from that happening so it can already see like how that's already starting to happen there anyways um so i mean the senate's it, pointless because we know we're like who's really yeah. in charge yeah and you can see that the the pods actually have like the imperial mm-hmm. uh logo, logo on them now too um and they fixed it up real nice over those those past uh mm-hmm. 10 years or so since revenge of the sith with uh with uh after you know uh yoda and sidious had that the whole fight in there <laughs> right but, they got money to spend yeah not anymore yeah. well they're at least 80 million short now <laughs> that's one thing that's hammered home is that this, they don't care about money yeah and then just throw it around to make things look nice and that's all imp- appearance is more important than anything else yeah Right, exactly. Um, so, because in that scene you're talking about, Mark, with uh, Mon Mothra, we already see that the Senate is more, I guess, 
more about it's not actually a functioning government body at this point. They could hand it all their all the power over to to city yeah. uh, so so it's been more for a show than than actual like governance than as you said at the beginning of episode four it's like oh, the, the, the sentence is solved whatever mm-hmm. yeah um so so hey, this with you if you think back to two episodes ago where Perrin's talking about that party he's throwing with other senators it's more of like a club right. of people who are like we we were voted in or however they get to the senate and mm-hmm. we don't like it's more about that than any legislation yeah right. like more more status than yeah um actually doing anything again kind of uh mirroring the the real world uh <laughs> <laughs> but with 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 that uh was there any kind of like closing statement you guys want wanted to that you had about the episode and uh, what you hope to see coming up Collins and then Mike and then I'll wrap it up. Um yeah, so I think from a I guess from like a thematic standpoint, um I uh like I mentioned earlier, I would like to see how Cassian kind of grows because I would like to see how he really kind of buys into uh the the I guess the the um the rebellion and how we and I, I obviously could take a place over a course of a, a couple of seasons, but how he gets into the character that we see, and I think I really think this manifesto I think will be that spark, so to speak, of of that. And then I would like to see uh, uh, how he, Luthien, and Mon Mothma kind of in- intersect. How that what that looks like. In addition to, uh, like uh, Michael was talking about, how they actually just get off, get get off the planet. So, um, looking forward to all that. Mike, yeah, definitely. This episode kind of hit home more. Not hit home. That's the wrong phrase. But the way they write characters who are about to die, and they just make you really want them to die. Mm-hmm. So, like the bad guys, like when they like, like that Tim guy, this colonel dude like they're just like they do such horrendous things like they say horrendous things and you're just like man you just need to die and then they do and it's like fulfilling and it's weird to feel that but then they do other yeah. throw like then like other characters you just kind of die and it's like thrown away like mark said so it's like yeah. there's this weird weird balance in how people are shown dying in this uh we're yeah. I, I super enjoy the realism that's gonna end. like i still think the fact oh, yeah. that Cyril ate cereal is so great. <laughs> I, I don't even know why it's that great. <laughs> it just, when it happened, I was like, this is awesome. And this this yeah, series had been everything I've wanted like it to be. I didn't have any expectations. I can't claim. Like for Obi-Wan, I claim I'm Deborah Chow because it was like exactly as I wanted it to go. Sure. I won't do that with this one because... It's meeting my need for it to be like Rogue One, but I didn't expect like I didn't expect a heist at all. Mm-hmm. But where yeah. I want it to go, like I'm excited to see because I feel like the next episode is going to be they're back in Ferrix, something going on in Ferrix, yeah. and then we'll see Mon Mothma and Luthen get together. He'll be ecstatic about something, and she'll be distraught about it, and like that's the dynamic I think they have. So we'll see how that plays out, but. I think they're going back to Ferrix. The serial story is going to come back into picture, and we might get the conclusion of his obsession with Cassian in the next arc or the next six episodes. 
That's kind yeah. of what I'm thinking is he's got Cassian's going to be trying to get back to get his people off Ferrix with his newfound wealth. And, uh, Cyril's going to be looking for him and like hunting him down some, some capacity. And it's going to come to a head at the, in the end. Definitely. And yeah. then like with that too, I still kind of hope that like my theory or like prediction with Cyril comes true. Cause I would kind of like to see, cause I feel like it's almost predictable that he's, he's going to become like an Imperial um, or join like the like the empire since he's he was kind of already empire adjacent. Hmm. Um, but I think I, he's. I think it would be interesting, like if he ultimately ended up on like with the rebels and ultimately ended up like on the same side as Cassian, and then but, like doesn't realize it at first, hmm. like that he's fighting on that same side, and then like they both show up somewhere, like I don't know, like in the finale or something, right? And then he like spots him, and he's like, oh you and then yeah i I definitely think cassian is going to end cyril in some fashion Mm -hmm. like whether it be he's trying to join his side unknowingly or pour a bunch of milk on him (laughs) eat his cereal (laughs) make him soggy i just i just see that 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 could be like the finale is like their final get together in some fashion whether it be a misunderstanding and Cassian just like blows him away or Cyril yeah. thinks he's got him and something happens and he gets sacrificed. So Cassian can survive. But yeah, I'd agree with that. But yeah, so that'll, that'll wrap us up for this episode of the hold maneuver. Uh, if you guys are watching us on YouTube, uh, make sure you do all the things that people say on YouTube, like mm-hmm. hit that like button, yep. hit the subscribe button, ring the bell. So, you know, uh, change the the subscribe button from red to gray. Uh, leave us a review on uh, the podcast catcher of your choice. Uh, Be like Spotify. Kevin Ham. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can leave it on Spotify or or Apple Podcasts, like Mister Jedi uh, Kevin. Or was I think his like account name was like Master of Death Watch or something, which. For someone that doesn't like Star Wars, he sure made a, a reference to Star <laughs> Wars with that that reference uh, in his uh, name there. Um, and then you can find the show on social media uh, through our link tree. It'll have all the in- pertinent information to Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, whatnot. Uh, it'll also have our uh, our own Instagram uh, individually on there for myself and, and Mike. And then Collins, where can they find you? Yeah, so I'm on like just the various social media, and then my my username on all those is uh, it's a little bit confusing because it's my last name, which is not a common last name, but it's C E Z E A N Y I M. So I'm on Letterbox, Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. Nice. I'll and I'll link that in our show notes and on oh, YouTube. Thank too, you. So, so we'll just plug it and watch your movie <laughs> reviews on. Awesome. Or read your movie reviews on Letterboxd. <laughs> uh, and then our editor is uh, Vactor. Uh, you can find him at Vactor in all the places. Just It's just his last name. It's very easy to find. Um, <laughs> and then you can email us at holdapod at gmail.com. And as always, we are grateful to George Lucas for creating the Star Wars universe. Oh dear, thank the maker. <laughs> <laughs>